Rabbi Sai, good morning. A good Erev Erev Shabbos Parshat Sav. When I say Erev Erev Shabbos, because it's really, this recording is being recorded on Thursday. Purim, day Purim for those who live in unwalled cities. And it's also Erev Purim for Shushan Purim. But for all of us, it's Yimei Purim Ha'ele and it's Yimei Simcha. And uh, we hope and we pray and we daven that we should be able to have uh, and be able to see for us and for God's Klai Yisrael. Because it's Purim, I felt that I would like to give the, out this uh, Torah on Purim, speak a little bit on the Purim, and hopefully we'll get a little bit to Tzav as well, for Arab Shabbos, uh, for, the, for the day of Shabbos as well. <clears throat> the the of the, the together with the shop. You see, I haven't even started drinking, and I already sound like I'm drunk. Anyway, these days um, we know that we're mekayim the different mitzvahs of uh, being mefarsim the nest bekriyas hamegillah. We give tzedakah, we give matanas levyanim, we give shalachmanas ish lereyeyu, and we have the mitzvah of the suda, the mitzvah of the suda. Um, so I always like to say over what a, a few insights from Rav Nevin Sal's at uh, Shlita, the and from his wonderful sefer, the Sichus, the sefer on Shmos, and we know that he always we always, we know that Purim is a tikkun for Matan Torah, as the Gemara says in Masech Teshavas, Kimu v'Kiblu, Kimu Mashe Kiblu Kvar, that Klai Yisrael was makabel in themselves, the Matan the 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 Torah. Ba'ahava, Berotzen, Bintoch Avasanes, because of the great ness that took place in the days of, of Purim. So they re established the Matan Torah. Matan Torah by Mamet Hasinu was done by Kfia, it was Koflam Harkagius, they were forced into it, and it wasn't Berotzen. And because of that, the Gemara says, Mikan Moda Rabbul Araisa, it's almost as if Kleisel has an excuse that we only accepted it forcibly. The Marsha on the, on the Mokim and Shabbos speaks about that's really a real taina, or it's only a taina which you can use in certain situations. But the main thing is the Gemara says that that was removed in the days of Purim. The truth is, it's really an amazing, amazing thing. If we think about it historically, who were the Jews in those times? They're living in Persia, they were in the Golos, they, they had assimilated many of them. And but because of the decree, as we said over the Memches uh, Nevi'im, did not reach the Madrega of Hasoras Hatabas. Gedoyl Hasoras Hatabas Yosemi Memches Nevi'im V'Sheva Nevius. All of the chastisements, all of the words of Musa that are given to us by the Nevi'im over the centuries, did not have the same effect as the decree, the Gezeira that was given on all of Klaisel. That they should be destroyed. So that created a dynamics of tshuva, of a kla Yisrael tshuva on the highest level, and they reaccepted the Torah of Avasanas. So, just on that simple note, just understand that this day is a day that we have to try to assert and to reestablish our. Kabbalah Torah, to reestablish in ourselves the tremendous love that we have for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that we want to fulfill the mitzvahs of the Torah through love, not through being forced. 
And that's a great lesson for all of us. It also has to do with how we're mechanech our children and how we're mechanech others and how we're mechanech ourselves. When we do it out of Ava, then we're going to have Ratzin. And when we have Ratzin, then that is the greatest accolade that a person can imagine in his relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Rav Nevenzal says that if we break down the four mitzvahs ayayit, the first one is the mitzvah of Kriyas and Megillah, so we can relate to it in the relationship that we have, how we go about learning Torah. Kriyas and Megillah is the model of the Balkare reading and the Tzibur listening. It's similar to the Rebbe-Talmud relationship, that the Rebbe is the one that reads things clearly, he's the one that teaches the Torah, that's why we say, We have a relationship of learning from our Rabbeim, and our Rabbeim are the role models, they teach us the Torah, they teach it to us in a clear fashion, and that's what happens uh, during our Limada Torah, and that's the message which we should take upon ourselves when it comes to listening to the Torah, to the Kriya Samagillah, that the Balkari is being motzias. That's the relationship that we should connect between the Rebbe and the Talmud. Then we have the mitzvahs of Suda Sayyim. The Suda Sayyim is when we prepare the Suda today. Okay, we have Nashim Tzidkaniyas that prepare it. But we know that everyone, we have to go out and we have to go buy the food. The concept is the Suda represents the Limit Hatayra of the person himself. Because we know famous statement, Misha. If a person prepares himself in Erev Shabbos, then he'll be zoichet to eat something in Shabbos. You don't prepare the Suda, then you won't be able to have food to eat. So the more a person prepares his own Suda, and he makes it in a delicious way, it becomes more, he becomes more enamored with it. And that's the second stage. After a person learns from a Rebbe, a person has to get to the point where he's able to what? To learn Torah on his own. And that's the, Sudas, that's the Sudas Mitzvah. The third thing is the Mitzvah of Shalach Manas, where we share and we give over presents to our friends. That's the concept of learning Bechavrusa. The Shalach Manas is each person gives, each person gives his, his understanding of the Torah. And in return, the Chavrusa is always fighting back and he's always saying it in a different Nusuch. And this is what the Gemara says, that the Amorayim, they would send matonas to each other and they would get matonas in return. I was able to go many, many times to the reshivas of the mir and we would give shalach manas and then they would say, you can't leave until we give you shalach manas back. That's the concept of how we learn b'chavrusa. The chavrusa is the back and forth that goes about and this is all elements of how great Klai Yisrael. The last mitzvah, which is really the highest mitzvah, as the Rambam says, the mitzvah of matonas of yonim, Giving to the poor, that's what we do. We give to the poor, and there's no question, there's many, many people that are less fortunate than us. Every person does his utmost during the days of Purim to give out matanus levyanim. But in the sense of the relationship of Torah, it's the concept of teaching those who are less than us. That's when a person has the ability not only to learn on his own, not only to learn from his Rebbe, not only to learn from the Chavrusa, but what? To learn with the Talmud. To be able to what? To teach someone else who's less fortunate than you. And there's really a great vart we have to say over here. Well, first, first let's just say over the Gaval de Gavart that um, in the Megillah, the Megillah it says that 
that the um, when Haman came at the end of what we would call his bad day, you know, he uh, was taken. Um, he went into to, to who was up the whole night, and Achashverosh asked him, "What should I do to a person that deserves to get covered?" He thought it was talking about him. Make the long story short, he had to take his nemesis Mordechai. He had to put him on the horse. He had to he had escorted throughout the entire city. When they passed by his own house, he received the. We know from his daughter, he received the 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 bucket which went on his clothes and on himself, and it was very embarrassing. And then he finally enters into his house, and he says to his wife, everything that took place, all the things that took place. And um, she says back to him, well, im zera Yehudim, if he's from the Zerah Yehudim, then um, you should know that we're not going to be able to be victorious. And... Um, this was this was a, a tremendous uh, statement that was made by 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 uh, Achashverosh's wife. Now the question is, I, I heard this over from the Biala Rebbe that what do you mean if he's from Zera Yehudim? Who are we talking about? We're talking about um, Mordechai. Mordechai was well known as being the tzaddik of the city, the tzaddik of the time. And what does she say? She says that uh, Yehudim, if it's from the Zerah Yehudim, then uh, you're not going to be able to be victorious. For sure it's from the Zerah Yehudim. What was the question? So the, the answer that the Biala Rebbe wanted to say is that the Zerah Yehudim does not mean what's Mordechai's lineage. The Zerah Yehudim meant that if Mordechai is teaching the Zerah Yehudim, he's teaching the young children Torah, then there's no way the Hevelti Neukoshebes Rabban, that's going to be victorious against us. And um, this is really a great lesson for all of us, to be able to recognize that the the, the, the Kayach of Kla Yisrael is the Zerah Yehudim, or the Jewish children who learned the Torah. And um, today, uh, you know, I saw a little boy, a Svartish boy, sitting in shul after davening, and he was sitting and learning Masechta Megillah. You could see literally he was entranced by learning Masechta Megillah. And there's no question in my mind that that depicts this notion that the Zerah Yehudim, this is our, this is our hope, and this is our aspiration that Klai Yisrael continues to learn. I met a Talmud of, 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 of Ner Yaakov, he was a Rebbe in an American yeshiva. I met him yesterday on the way to the kever of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. I said, how's everything going? So he gave me, you know, a Rebbe's have a tough time. So he said, listen, not easy. Today's today's kever. Uh, so I said to him, what I heard that Rabbi Volbi, that sounds it over that when he, he was the Mashkiach and the Rashiva founder of Shiva's Ber Yaakov, and he came to the Mashkiach, Rabbi Chatzko Levenstein, and they were talking about what's going on in the yeshiva. And Rabbi Volbi said, he was ready to be in the yeshiva for a few years, and he said it's very, very tough because he doesn't feel that he himself is growing. He's teaching, he's giving shmuz and everything else, but he himself is not having an aliyah. So Pchatzko said, are you able to be civil? Are you able to carry the, the tsaris and the burdens of, 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 of the Talmidim? So Revolvi said, yes, that I'm able to do. So Pchatzko said, if you're able to carry the tsaris, you have to be civil, the midah of Savlanus is worthwhile. 
Rabbi said, we don't realize when we're, we're carrying the burdens of Klai Yisrael, when we realize that we're building the nation of Klai Yisrael, the Zerah Yehudim of Klai Yisrael. This is depicted, as we said, in the Matanas of Yonim, when we give to le- people who are less fortunate than us. In the Megillah, we'll just be like these words, that he comes home on that bad day, and he says, He told Zeresh everything that took place. The simple understanding of what took place is, is that he had to gather, he had to take Mordechai, he had to put him on the suits, he had to take him throughout the city, and um, and, um, and the events that took place, okay, now you have to realize, he came home, he plopped himself down on the couch, he was over the Chofirosh, and he's telling over his whole bad day story. But the truth is, I mean, you don't have to have Twitter or Instagram or, or, or CNN to know what had taken place because it, it, it was decreed throughout the entire city. Everyone, they probably already heard the news. What's that? That So I heard over from someone, Reb Yitzhak Epstein, who said over, that the Ben Yoyada says, and he brings down a muscle, he brings out a story that there was a, a person who had a relationship with a certain king. And he would able he was able to go in, he would sit by the king. The king had a very fancy crown. And on that crown, there were different jewels and different diamonds. And there was one particular precious stone that just, it just grabbed this person's attention. And he just kept on looking at it. And it but burnt his I said, I have to get this precious stone. So he thought of a whole devious plan, how he's going to... He didn't want to take the whole crown. He just wanted to take that particular that particular precious stone, that diamond. And he ended up having, you know, after, you know he ended up working out a whole plan when the, when the king goes to sleep, where the king is living. He got the plans of the palace. And one night he went out, let out from his house and he went through different nooks and crannies and into tunnels underneath the city. And he ended up coming into the king's palace and he knew exactly he had the plan when the guards were going to sleep, when they were going to leave their places. Ended up coming into the king's, he jumped through a window, down a, 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 a chute, ends up coming in, the king is sleeping and he goes over to the, to the crown and he quickly plucks out that precious diamond. He wraps up in his handkerchief and he slithers back into the chute, going down through all the escape plans and he's successful in getting out of the king's palace, and he ends up coming back to his home, and he's so happy. And then as he's getting closer, as the middle of the night, all of a sudden he said, I, you know, I got to see this precious diamond. And there was a light that was on somewhere. So he went over to the light, and he tugs up the handkerchief, and he pulls out the diamond. And before he knows it, all of a sudden, someone jumps out on him. Who was it? This was his enemy, his worst enemy, his nemesis. And his nemesis had followed him. He had seen what he was doing, and he saw that he had something special, and he saw what the special thing was, and he beat him up, and he took the diamond, and he ran away. This person was broken and bruised, but not only was he broken and bruised, he started saying to himself, everything that I did, and all the planning, and everything that I worked out was all in order to get this precious diamond, and now my nemesis, my enemy, took it away from me. It's like the worst busha. Everything that I, all my efforts turned not only into naught, but they were given over to my my worst enemy. This is what happened to Haman. This is the Nimshal. What happened to Haman or Raja? Haman hated Mordechai. He hates the Yehudim. And he just can't wait until he can, he can put him up on the tree, so to speak, hang him up, 
and all of his efforts to kill Klal Yisrael, to kill Mordechai Yehuda, he doesn't bow down to him. Now what happens is, it turns the opposite. It's Venahapachu. He ends up giving all the covet which he wanted to get for himself, is now completely, completely transferred to Mordechai. And that's what he was telling Zeresh Ishtar. Es kol karahu. Look what happened. It wasn't just the news that he took Mordechai through the streets. It was that everything that I had hoped, my plan, my aspirations. Rabbi said, this, with this we can answer another Gevalik Akasha, which I heard on Shabbos, that someone asked, that here it says, the Lashon Asher Karoh, and also my Mordechai, when Mordechai was speaking to Esther, so it says over there, um, it says that, that um, he also tells Mordechai, he tells uh, Asach, comes out, and he says to him, you have to tell, you have to tell her exactly what's going on. Eskol asher karohu. That's the lesson of the Pusik. Right now I can't find the Pusik. Right, that's it. But it says that he tells him also, kol asher karohu. Chazal say that the lesson of karohu is really going on um, Haman, because Haman is asher karcha baderech. It's the same lesson of kar. And we know that Rashi brings down different pshatim. Shekaro is Lashon Kar. Shekaro is a Lashon of Mikra. Haman is the embodiment of the concept of what Amalek is all about, that everything is a Mikra. And over, and over here they say that it's, it's, it's understandable that, uh, that he was telling Hasach to tell Esther that this is that evil lineage coming from Amalek, which is Karahu. So there we understand the just lashon of mikra, but why over here would you would, would use the lashon of mikra? Of, yeah, that's the lashon. It's in, it's in Perik Vav by Sapper Hamav Zerushita. Why does it say over here? It's called Asher Karo. Over here, he's speaking about himself. The answer is this is all impacted, and this is the the Venahapachu, that Haman lived a life that everything is mikra. That every, there's no such thing as the Rebbeinu Shlomim. And he and and it ends up that what he determines should happen to Klai so that everything is a mikra. It ends up rebounding against him, and that's a gavaldik gavaldik vort. Another last vort which we want to say is is that Haman we know he makes a tree which is fifty amas high, and the question why do you have to make a tree so high? So I heard there. Are, and then what happens is Chavayna, when it's finally revealed, he says, oh, you should know what? He said, you know what? There's a tree that's 50 Amis. What was going on over here? So I heard that Reb Chaim Kanievsky Shlita, the Sarah Torah says, he says, why did Haman want to build he had such hatred to Mordechai that what did he want to do? He wanted in the time in the middle of the Suda, because the first time he thought he was invited in and he's going to get a lot of cover. In the middle of the Suda, he's able to see the tree that his nemesis Mordechai is going to be is going to be stuck on, is going to be hung up on. And he didn't he wanted to be able to have all of the taiva and the gaiva that he wanted to impact in, inside himself. So what happens is over here in the Menahapachu, Zakr Pchayim. 
what happens is Haman falls onto Esther's bed and Ahasuerus comes in from the garden and sees what's happening. And he says, what's going on around here? So before he could say anything, Chavana quickly jumps up and he says, oh, the eights, that's, that's 50 Amas tall. It's right there. He wanted to string up Mordechai. He's really a bad person. Now, in any other circumstance, if it wouldn't have been 50 Amas, then Ahasuerus would have said, really? He built something, he built, he built, a, he built a, a, a gallows? Where's the gallows? If it wouldn't have been so tall, he wouldn't have been able to see it. He would have sent his henchmen. He would have sent his people to go and find out. And it could be in between. Haman would have been able to reconvince Haman that Ahasuerus, that it's all a mistake. But over here, Akadosh Baruch made it know Haman's going to build something 50 amas that even in the middle of the Suda, you should be able to see the tree. And now Charvon is going to turn the, the, the terms against Haman. And this is what happened. Ahasuerus said, oh, he really wanted to build it. I don't have to send anybody. And he says, take Haman by Yisrael love. You should put Haman up on the tree. Rabbi Sai, we're living in times where, not only Vertlach, we're living in times where we see clearly mentioned Tracht and Gotlacht. People think that they're running the world. They think that they have power. They can make wars against other nations. They know what's better. All I can say is I know that it's been very, very cold these days in Yerushalayim. It's been the longest cold spell that we've ever had. In 70 years, it hasn't been such a cold spell. It feels like the Russian winter is here in Yerushalayim. <clears throat> and in order for us to be able to feel a little bit, a little bit, Rabbi Sai, of really the tremendous calamities that's going on in the Ukraine, and we have to recognize we're all in it together. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that's orchestrating everything. And those that think that they have Kayach, the Rabbanizam, he flips things around. We hope and we pray and we daven that we should be zorichet to many, many nisim. We want to end off with just one vart on Parshish Tzav. The Pesach says, We know that there's a mitzvah that you have to have the fire on the Mizbeach has to be burning constantly. And even though it came down a Nesmin HaShemayim, but there was a mitzvah to constantly put wood on in order that the fire should be burning. The, the, the Chinuch speaks about why do we have to do that? If there's a nes, we do it. So he says, no, Nisim HaKadosh Baruch wants him to be behester. He wants it to make it look as if it's not necessarily a nes goli. But the, uh, the, 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 the Yushalmi says that the, 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 the message of Eisham is that even even when Klai Yisrael was traveling, they also had to make sure they weren't using the Kabbalas then. They also had to make sure that the fire was not extinguished. What's the concept of that? Why can't we just wait until we get to the place where we're going to be Nahu and then we'll restart the fire? So the answer is that if a person's in his own home, his own environment, then it's easy for him to be able to withstand the outdoor, the outside pulls, the outside influences which come about to a person and they try to influence him against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's easy to have the Eish Alamizbeach when you're inside the house. But when you're in the Masos, when you're going out into the world and you have to live amongst the, the environments which are the antithesis of Torah, then it's very, very hard. And here, 
we have to remember, we have to put the fire, we have the same hislavas that we have when we're in our houses, we have to have no matter where we are. This is a lesson for Klaizel. When I went to bake matzahs this week in Kavimius, they told me a fascinating thing that the fire, I said, you're kind as possible, because you have tremendous pieces of olive wood that they put in in order to make the fire very, very hot. They said, you should know. We don't, we don't only put it on when we're baking the matzahs. We put in the wood and we close a metal door and it's on the entire night in order that the fire should be hot. The following morning is able to bake the matzahs that should be at the proper heat. Not only do, do we do that during the week, but on Erev Shabbos, they put in a tremendous amount of wood and then Matzah Shabbos, they come back and they again, they extend and put in more wood in order that Sunday morning there should also be tremendous fires. Rabbi Sai, the Eitzah, how we're able to combat the Amalek, how we're able to instill within ourselves the great lessons of the Nisim of Purim, the great Kabbalah Satayra, is to constantly put Eish Alam to daven with Islavas, to learn Islavas, and when we do that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will listen to our tefillahs, he will, Mirz Hashem, be mezakos, with Nisim and the flows, which be zeicher for us, and for Gantz Klai Yisrael, to Yeshua's v'nechamas, and Nisim v'neflos ad Meshech Tzidkeinu. Wishing everyone a wonderful Purim and a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.